This is 11 on the Ice. Powered by your local Honda dealers. Shop Honda.com. Gentlemen, we've all waited with excitement for this day. Welcome to the start of the NHL 2021 season. Best wishes to all of you. Well, we have waited with excitement for the start of hockey, and now it is here with 11 on the ice. Good morning. I'm Jenna Harner, and with us, fresh from his middle-of-the-night drive from Philly, it's Dane Kovacevic of DKPittsburghSports.com, and, of course, the old 2-9er, Phil Bork. Unfortunately, we're coming off of a rough start of the season for the Penguins, swept in the two-game series in Philly. Well, we just we got to make sure that we, that we learn from the experience, you know. And so, um, you know, a lot of it just boils down to decision making and, and making sure that we make good decisions at the critical moments in the game so that uh, we give ourselves the best chance to win. Now we have to start with the goaltending guys. Tristan Jari pulled from last night's game. He gave up nine goals through not even four periods of hockey. Pretty sure that's not what anyone expected. Can he bounce back? Dan, I'll start with you. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I mean, if you look at the three goals last night, the first two, I didn't think he had any chance on. The Provorov one, I thought uh, that the, the you just showed there, he might have been a little bit more aggressive in challenging the shooter, but he also was bumped to his left side. It might have knuckled on him. I think he'll be fine. Mike Sullivan needed to make a change, and look, when he did, it was great. The Penguins scored two goals. Like, right after that, you can't ask for much more. I think Jari will be fine. I think he'll be right back in net tomorrow, actually. Borky, your thoughts? I concur. Uh, I, I don't think there's going to be a problem for Tristan Jari to bounce back. Is it the way he wanted to start his uh, his uh, number one goaltending career with the Pittsburgh Penguins? No. As you mentioned, 9 of 11. Uh, a lot of pucks were down backdoor plays, tapping goals, uh, guys walking in from the point where he's got half a stick. Uh, I'm not making excuses for Tristan. Nine goals uh, in two games is unacceptable, but Tristan Jari just didn't forget how to be a goaltender, he'll be fine moving forward. And something a lot of the guys talked about was, you know, they didn't give up a ton of chances, but the ones that they did were grade A, and some of those, like you guys mentioned, you know, pretty hard for Jari to stop right in the moment right there. Well, if you ask the Penguins, and we all have, they'll tell you there were a lot of things to like from each game. I think we outshot and outchanced them both nights. Uh, you know, just didn't get the puck luck. We'll clean up those breakdowns. Um, I, think, I think there is a lot to like. We've had, we've had the puck an awful lot. You know, it didn't go in for us tonight, but but certainly there was a lot to like in this game. Now, the fans probably have a little bit of a disconnect <laughs> to this. They see these results and wonder, what is there really to like? So, sitting back now, is there kind of good to take away from these two losses here? Well, I'll tell you what. You can sometimes hear the Penguins say things like this, but then when Jakub Voracek of the Flyers says after the game to us, they were the better team tonight, to be honest with you. When Elaine Vigneault, the Flyers' head coach, says, uh, we weren't anywhere near as good as they were. Um, that means a little bit more. And the Flyers knew that they got away with one largely because of that man we just saw on camera. Carter Hart played really well, stopped a lot of the Penguins' two-on-ones, and also the Penguins stopped a lot of their own two-on-ones. Let's not forget that. They had chances to shoot and didn't. Passed up a bunch of them. And they really seem to, you know, have a lot of control of that second and third period. Borky, what are your thoughts there? Yeah, sometimes you hear all this, we did this good and that good, <laughs> and you're 
outscored severely in, in two games. I don't think it's just lip service. I think it's for real. Yeah, the chances were there. The opportunities were there. You know, sometimes on the radio I say, man, we, we are the Penguinies. This is Penguini <laughs> hockey. It, this is Penguini <laughs> hockey. I mean, we, we get blown out by Philly in the first two games, and everybody's going, what's wrong with the Penguins? They weren't that bad. You look at the first uh, five minutes of the third period in the 3-2 game, Penguins had three or four opportunities to make it a uh, tie game or even go ahead in the game. The mm -hmm. opportunities were there. They just didn't finish. And it's just so interesting, too, the way that this season is structured, because if you look at these, if they were exhibition games in a normal season, we wouldn't be saying all of this entirely. But the fact that it's that condensed schedule, the fact that every game matters so much more, it obviously has so much more weight to it than normal. Well, you hate to ask the question, only two games in, but the second line and Evgeny Malkin have had little to no impact out of the gate here. What's going on there? Uh, you know, Gino, uh, he's a little bit lost right now. That happens to him on occasion. It's not uh, an indication of effort. It's not an indication of how much he cares. It's never that. Uh, I thought Brian Rust and Jason Zucker both came right off the bat ready to go and Gino was a little bit too generous with the puck. Gino at his essence is a goal scorer. People don't necessarily think of him that way. He's not, he's a great passer, don't get me wrong, but he has to have the puck on his stick and he has to want to shoot it and he's not there yet. Borky, is there kind of concern here that this has been a slow start to the season for him, especially after what we saw during the playoffs this summer? A little bit because you're you're counting on that line to produce. And Jason Zucker could have had four goals. Mm -hmm. and, and Brian Russ is a straight line player, led the team in goals last year. We know what these guys can do. And I agree with you, Dayon, that, that Gino has just got to, he's got to get a little uh, fire in his backside. He plays good when he's Gino Machino. He's a little bit ticked off. The bear. But the the bear. bear. Be the Russian bear. <laughs> get involved. Physically, that's when, but smart physically, right? We don't want to see Gino in the penalty box, but I'm a little disappointed in that line. I really thought that line would come out of the mm -hmm. gate hopping and, and score a bunch of goals, and they really wasn't there for them. But again, not from lack of chances or lack of effort. Well, the next test is Saturday afternoon on Channel 11, Penguins and Capitals. Well, I think, you know, you can never rule Pittsburgh out of anything. I think this is a team that's so well coached with Mike Sullivan. And ahead of the NBC showdown, I'm talking with Katherine Tappen about this season and her Penguins outlook when 11 on the Ice, sponsored by Honda Returns. When the Penguins return home tomorrow, they'll have to face a Washington Capitals team that started 2-0. The Caps beat the Sabres 2-1 on Friday night, completing a sweep of that two-game series. Welcome back to 11 on the Ice, sponsored by Honda. NBC's Catherine Tappen is part of the team that will bring you Penguins hockey tomorrow afternoon. I have the chance to talk with her about the season we're going to see ahead. What are you in particular most looking forward to this season? Well, I'm most looking forward to just the fact that we have hockey back and that it's going to be a condensed schedule where it's going to be a dogfight to the finish. And you've got a 56-game format, which means every single night matters so much. The rivalries are going to be heightened. I love the divisions. I think, you know, anybody can make those final four in each division because they're all, you know, going to be battling out for that those spots. But um, just and the amount, the volume of hockey that we're going to get in the next six months is just going to be awesome. What's going to be the most crucial for these teams to to, you know, kind of get out to these quick starts. How important is that really going to be? Like you said, anybody can kind of, you know, make these final fours in each division here. The teams that don't hit a lull five or six games into the start of the season are likely going to be the ones that prevail. You're going to see injuries happen. You're going to see Coda, uh, uh, 
COVID protocol kick in where certain players aren't available on any given night. And it's going to take a balance of the entire lineup to get through this 56 game format. And it was so interesting too, when we talked with uh, Casey DeSmith, the backup goaltender, he was saying, you know, Sully had talked to these guys and basically said to the extent of, you know, look at the NFL, look at the teams that had a lot of success. And a lot of those teams weren't entirely dealing with COVID protocols and all those types of things during the season. How much of an impact do you think that's going to make? I think though, overall, NHL players are really good guys that do the right thing most of the time. So I don't think we're going to see as many issues as we've seen perhaps in other sports. I think these guys are going to buy in and they're going to want to hoist the most coveted trophy in all of, all of sports at the end of the season. Now I have to ask, what is your outlook for the Penn season? How do you kind of see this team faring? Well, I think, you know, you can never rule Pittsburgh out of anything. I think this is a team that's so well coached with Mike Sullivan. Um, you know, he's one of the best. He's won multiple cups. Uh, you've got leadership on this team. You have tremendous players. You've got Sid and, of course, Gino and all these guys that elevate their play on any given night. There's not a doubt in my mind that Pittsburgh's going to be one of the top four contending for the playoff spot. And I, I think they do get in. And the guys are picking the top shelf plays of the young season for the Pens. See if yours makes the grade when 11 on the ice, sponsored by Honda Returns. And welcome back to 11 on the ice, sponsored by Honda. It is time to go around the boards with Phil and Dayan. First tonight, the division alignment and scheduling. After you've seen the start of the season, do you like it or do you wish it was different? Borky, we'll start with you here. I've always liked it. Is it an advantage, disadvantage? I hate to sit on the fence, but I don't have a great answer for you. I will tell you this, though. You know, you go back to the last work stoppage in the 12-13 season. It was 48 games. There were 16 teams that made the playoffs. Only two of them were below 500 in the first 15 games. That tells you something when you're playing Washington back-to-back -back games, Philly back-to-back -back games, Boston back-to-back -back games, the Islanders back-to-back -back games. It just makes it a lot more challenging. You know, the players that we heard from out in Philadelphia talked a lot about the rhythm. Uh, and I think you're going to hear more of that as the season goes, as they appreciate the rhythm of it, the game and then off, and then game, and then off. We're all talking about the travel and the arrangements of the opponents. That's not what matters to players. What matters to players is the rhythm of it. They're going to get used to that. That said, the divisional alignments, another thought I had in Philadelphia last night and watching that game was, wow, when is the, Peng when is the Penguins' easy game coming? You know, <laughs> because it might not happen. I mean, the Devils aren't until, you know, a month from now, and I don't even know that the Devils are going to be easy. Well, next topic, COVID, getting through the season. We've already seen schedule changes from the Dallas Stars outbreak. Is the NHL set up for success here? Dane, we'll start with you. I mean, they're set up as anybody else is. Uh, you know, it's, it's going to be a challenge. Uh, it was a challenge for Major League Baseball. Then it was one for the NFL, and it's now for the NHL and the NBA not being able to operate in bubbles. The Stars... It's always good, I think, with all due respect to what happened in Dallas, to have somebody go first and have there be an example around the league. That happened with the Marlins. It happened with the Tennessee Titans. Now you have the Dallas Stars, a team that was in the bubble and made it to the final. They'll figure it out. They'll figure it out, and before long, maybe we'll actually get this vaccine around everywhere. And Jenna, when you say set up for success, I look at that in a couple different ways. First of all, you look at the success the NHL had in the bubble in the playoffs in Toronto and Edmonton, very successful. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, I talked to Sidney Crosby right before game number one. I did an interview with him. I said, Sid, how's it going? How do you like being on the road again, being in Philly? He's like, 
We don't do anything. We're stuck in the hotel. <laughs> the other side of it is how about the financial side? Are they set up for success that way? Mm. Uh, that's going to be a tough one. Everybody's going to have to swallow hard on that one there because with no butts in the seats and when we're going to get butts in the seats, uh, fans in the, in the building, that's to be seen because that is so important for the National Hockey League's bottom line. Yeah, a lot of people anticipating the day that they can get back to PPG Paints Arena. Now finally on Around the Boards, we're looking at the Penguins team. Is this team built to be a playoff type of team. Borky, you first. Absolutely. 87, 71, 58, 35. They're all there. They're all in place. And you know what? I know the Penguins didn't get out of the gate very good against Philadelphia and they're 0-2. I get that. But I like what Jimmy Rutherford has done. I like that he brought in fresh blood, young guys that are hungry to win a Stanley Cup, former first-round picks. I like all that. That should be a good thing. He's doing everything he can. He knows the window is kind of closing here with the age of Sid Gino and Chris Letang. But this team is built to win right now, and they still can win right now. And remember, what was our number one concern in the offseason? What was the thing that we were all talking about? Well, they got to get faster. They got to get faster. I am here to tell you that if the Flyers are one of the faster teams in the East Division or the Eastern Conference, the Penguins were faster. That's not guesswork on my part again. That came out of the mouths of the Flyers. The Penguins almost doubled them up in shots and chances and everything else. Now, again, they have areas that they need to address, but they addressed the number one already. And we're seeing some improvements on the power play as well. Well, now it's time to go top shelf. We asked the guys to pick some of their favorite plays of the week. We're going to start with the captain and that alert goal in front of the net Wednesday night. This was just insane hand-eye coordination, guys. I mean, you know, Carter Hart's not going to make that pass again when Sidney Crosby's on the ice. But if it's, it's not even so much that Sid picks off the pass. Watch what happens after he settles it down. He goes with a one hand. What is that, Borky? What is that thing? A one-handed <laughs> flick like that over Hart. That that is just an incredibly talented hockey player My with a really goodness. strong right hand on the top of the stick <laughs> and some pretty good forearm. Just a little flick of the wrist and he pops it over the stick of Carter Hart. But yeah, I mean, if it was the only time Sid has done that in his 16-year career, we'd be like, oh, that was lucky. Yeah. But we've seen it a bunch of other times, just like Mario used to do back in the day. He just made it look easy. Well, our next play, top shelf, Brandon Tanev, the third goal of the game on Wednesday. He has had a really impressive start to the season, him just playing cleanup duty in front here. I got to tell you, my favorite part of this goal is they have us at ice level, the Flyers did for this, was that I could hear Tanev through the entire building yelling out to Mark Jankowski, hey, hey, hey! Jankowski, as you can tell, doesn't even look. I mean, he looks like Igor Larionov with that dish right there, the blind backhand pass. But what a finish by Tanev. Well, yeah, against Carter Hart, 26 feet, top shelf, beat some glove hand. I've been begging for Brandon Tanev to get elevated to a line that was a little more offensive-minded. You know, when you get put on that fourth line, sometimes you think as a fourth liner, you think safe. I'm just an energy guy. Now he's been elevated to a third line with McCann and Jankowski. He's thinking more like a goal scorer. And him and Jankowski having that Providence College connection from that 2015 championship team. Well, there may not be a ton to talk about from last night's game, but Sid's backhander was a thing of beauty. The captain just proving why he is who he is there on that shot. And it's a power play goal. Uh, Sid, both of Sid's goals that we're seeing here, they don't look like conventional power play goals. You know what you're used to seeing on those tic-tac-toes. 
but they're a finish, and that's one good thing that this power play is going to need more than anything, Phil, I think, is early results to feel good about themselves. Yeah, and we're seeing on the power play, see it in different positions. He comes from the left side of the ice to the front of the net. You know, here's the thing on this power play. You need to be predictable to your teammates, but unpredictable to the opponents. And to see Sid all over the ice there, and then, how does this puck go in? Only great goal scorers have the spin, the little velocity on the puck, where it spins off the glove, kisses the, the post, and then trickles into the net. That's what great goal scorers do. It's not do. fair either, you know? <laughs> it really isn't. Todd Reardon's presence on that power play unit already kind of being noticed a little bit in these first two games here. Well, let us know on the WPXI Final Word Twitter page each week when you see a play that you think is top shelf. The three stars of the week are next, and both Borky and Dayan will give you their stars. 111 on the Ice, sponsored by Honda Returns. Considering divisional games will be the only games, the rivalries will only be more intense, setting the course for a whole new postseason landscape in the quest to become the next team to lift Lord Stanley's Cup. Doc Emrick kicking off the season like only he can. We will miss you, Doc. Enjoy your retirement. And we're back now on 11 on the Ice to reveal DK and Borky's three stars. Day in, you're up first. Well, my number three is the captain. I, I thought Sidney Crosby uh, had a really, really consistent effort. Uh, his, he was let down, I, I thought, some by his wingers, but he, he was terrific. Two is Brandon Tanev. I, there's much I can add here. Uh, Tanev obviously was banged up a lot late last season. We're seeing now again the Tanev that we saw when he first showed up. And Mark Jankowski. Seriously, people, if this wasn't the best player on the ice for the visitors out there for both of those games, uh, head up, standing tall on the ice, looking around, making plays, uh, scoring goals, doing everything. It, he's been really, really a find for Jim Rutherford. And we got the official word from Sidney Crosby that his nickname is Janko. So mark that down. There you books, go. People. <laughs> Borky, who are your three stars? Uh, uh, this is disturbing to me, Jenna. I don't know if I'm going to be able to recover for this, but <laughs> I have the same picks as Dayon. No! This is, this is, uh, this is not a good start for the show, guys. We went into okay, the let's boards. Go. Give me time here. Jankowski, of course. He's been outstanding. You know, when you come to a new team, you never really feel a part of the new team till you score a goal. He scored the first goal in game number one against Philly. Good for Janko. Way to get going. And Tanev, he's all over the ice. Killing penalties, blocking shots, scoring goals. Uh, he has been outstanding out of the gate. And, of course, my number one star is the captain, Sidney Crosby, and how good he is. Complete player. He has looked outstanding in the first two. Well, the Penguins open the home part of their schedule tomorrow right here on Channel 11. I talked with Catherine Tappen about some of the ways things are changing in the game presentation during the COVID era. It requires a different unique level of gaining information. You know, typically when we have access to players and coaches, we get unique nuggets throughout the games. And unfortunately, we don't have that access now. So you have to find it in different ways. Um, you'll probably see more integrated graphics. You'll see more implementation of teams and players' own social media platforms. You know, one of the things we've loved is watching players grow on their Instagram or their Twitter or some TikTok videos, which normally we don't incorporate those as much as we should in the broadcast. But I find them to be really fun um, going behind the scenes with these players. You've seen even players like uh, Sidney Crosby, who's you know not active on social media. He's really come through through the Penguin social media platform during this pandemic. 
And we are your Penguin Station tomorrow for the home opener against the Capitals. It starts with 11 on the ice, sponsored by Honda at 11.30 a.m., then the game at noon, and 11 on the ice post game right after the game. Well, that'll do it for us this morning on 11 on the ice, sponsored by your local Honda dealers. For Dayan and Phil Bork and the entire Channel 11 sports team, I'm Jenna Harner. Have a great day. Hart's made some good saves here. Xavier's in the crease. Got to get to the net. I, I thought tonight we played with a lot of emotion. We had a lot of energy. And you got to get to the net. It's 3 nothing Philadelphia. I think games can be pinned on any one person. You know, we win as a team, we lose as a team. Has always played well in this building. I thought we controlled a lot of territory. I believe these guys will score. They're talented players.